everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. And today we are diving into When Calls the Hearts season nine. It's going to be so fun. We're doing our preview show and we are going to be having our coverage of When Calls the Hallmarkies, a show where we talk about what's going on in Hope Valley. Uh, and the plan is to have to cover the premiere and then do every two weeks and cover two episodes. It's a lot of fun. We're excited to cover the show. I am film critic Rachel Wagner and Ruth Hill is here. Hey y'all, it's nice to be back. <laughs> yes, and Jax is here. Hey. Yay! <laughs> this is your first time talking When Calls Heart with us. I'm so excited. I'm so excited that I get to do it with the two of you. Yes, so fun. Well, what we thought we would do first is kind of dive into season eight, talk about some of the key developments of season eight, and then we'll dive into season nine. And we are recording this on the 22nd of February because I'm going out of town. Uh, so if there's in the next week, because it'll air uh, next in a week, uh, this episode. So if there's new previews and stuff like that in the next week, that's why. <laughs> we, we have to make things work sometimes here on the podcast, but uh, we'd love to hear your comments. And uh, we'd love to hear your comments here or on Twitter. So just let us know if you've heard anything new, any new good uh, when calls the heart uh, gossip going on. We'd love to hear it. So, all right. Well, I guess we should say overall, Jax, how did you feel about season eight? Did you think it was a pretty good season or not your favorite? I liked it a lot. I thought it was a really strong season. I know that... Um, it was a bit of a divisive ending for some people. Um, I personally am <laughs> Ruth's face, which is awesome. <laughs> She's like, yes, it was. Um, and I understand the wide array of feelings. I love that people feel so passionately about this show, which I think is such a testament to the fact that not only is it a really great show but there's a really engaged fan base the hardies of which i'm a proud hardy but I, i'm very intrigued to see not only where things go with elizabeth and lucas but i'm very invested in a lot of the storylines that we're going to get to see unfold yeah what about you ruth what do you think of season eight i truly enjoyed season eight um i I, I mean, for me, the only complaint I had, and this is just because I'm biased, is that Dr. Carson was not <laughs> involved in it more, which I, which, well, because probably most of you know that I work for the actor that, that that's played Dr. Carson. So I kind of have a soft spot for that character, but that was just a minor thing. And I understood, you know, where, where they were going and, and, and in some ways I understand what they were doing. So it's, so it's okay. It's perfectly fine. Um, but I was not upset. In fact, I don't even know how surprised I was at the ending. I don't know. Um, the weird thing was, is I was, I was team Lucas before it was cool to be team Lucas. Like nobody wanted to be team Lucas because I love Chris. I, I had made such a connection with Chris and seeing him get, get such a significant role like that. I loved it. And I loved that he was like a bad boy. Like we didn't know anything. So, so I loved him and I love Kevin. I, I don't as, as Nathan, uh, but I'm not, 
I'm not one that I'm invested in the show and I love it and I love all the different storylines, but I'm not one that's going to sit there and say, really, you did that? I'm never going to watch the show again. I don't know if I've ever done that with a show. The only time I've done this show, something like that is if it becomes gruesome or, or like Mm -hmm. so outlandish Mm -hmm. that I can't handle it. And when it falls the heart, it's still when it falls the heart, no matter Mm -hmm. what. Now, for me, I am glad they picked Lucas. I think that I always say I'm team good TV. And I think that that Lucas makes better TV than than Nathan, not because of anything to do with Kevin McGarry, who I love. He is so great. And we're just we just started covering him on Heartland in our Talking Heartland um, show. He, uh, we're just at his seasons and he's so great. In, in whatever he does, whether it's here or on the Heartland or in a, in a movie or whatever, he's great. And he's so handsome that, that I think I, you know, I'm, a, I'm a fan, but I just feel like that for, for Elizabeth, Lucas makes better TV because he's more challenging. He's more different. He's going to stretch her. We've already had the Mountie romance and I get it. They're not exactly the same, but definitely Lucas is more different than, uh, than there's almost nothing similar except for being handsome between Jack and Lucas, where there was more similarities between Jack and Nathan. And so, I don't know. I just feel like it makes for more interesting storytelling. So that's what I'm a fan of. Did I, do I think that they, that they told the story as well as they could have? Not really. I think that they, were a bit clumsy in some of the scripts and they definitely did some things that would would make it seem like why is she not picking Nathan like that we're leading people to kind of so I understand why people were upset maybe not as upset as they got but (laughs) because things seems like when uh, Elizabeth has to hold the hands of her beloved that whole scene where she's blindfolded and then she ends up holding Nathan's hand seems like that what were they doing with that scene? You know, so I, I think that the storytelling could have been better, but I still am glad. And it makes me kind of look forward to season nine, because the other thing that I always said about Lucas is that Lucas actually courted Elizabeth. Nathan never did. They never even had a meal together. They never had, they had almost no intimate conversations together. Whereas Lucas had a lot of conversations with her, had on, went on actual dates, courted her, you know, not the gifts or the thing, but got her the library, which showed like a certain degree of, of paying attention to her and listening to her and, and getting her book published and, you know, with her, his mom and stuff, all that stuff. I never saw that kind of being a, uh, like a conscientious suitor on the part of Nathan. And so I don't think it's totally crazy that she would pick the person who actually kind of wanted to be with her as opposed to the one who, I don't know, who was just very, very, very hesitant to like even have a meal together. Uh, What do you think about that, Jax? Well, this goes, this is just piggybacking off exactly what you said, which is I remember saying this in the midst of season nine when everyone was waiting for the last episode for her decision, I said, she told us her decision half a season ago. She said, I'm dating Lucas. She's been dating Lucas. <laughs> like that was my whole thing of because 
And this isn't just the Hallmark world or one calls the heart. This is rom-com genre in general, romance. We're looking for that thing where they say they want one thing, but they flip it. But that's almost what I found refreshing about this is that she told us she was dating him. They were dating. Did she have chemistry with Nathan? Yes. Did she have feelings for Nathan? Yes. But guess what? There's a lot of people in my life that I've had feelings for or chemistry with that I was not supposed to be with or that I didn't choose to be with slash they chose not to be with me. So um, yeah, it doesn't mean just because you have chemistry with someone or feelings for someone that that is the mark of a sustaining relationship. So that's well, what I thought was interesting too, that I, I think to your point, Rachel, you're spot on with everything you said. Well, and most of the conversations that they had together were about Allie, not about their relationship or, or their, aside from the, uh, the incident with the revelation about him and Jack, uh, there wasn't a ton of time that they spent just talking about their lives and, and, and aside from Allie, that was kind of the big connection. And you really need more than just be co-parenting. Like you need to have a relationship, just the two of you. Uh, but what do you think about that, Ruth? Yeah, so I I think that you make a really valid point um, because I I don't know. I, I, I always struggled to see her with Nathan. I mean, it seemed like so many times they were writing the story that way you felt like you were being led down that path and that's, that's fine. Um, I, some of the objections that people had is they think this is real life. They think like this is, this is like supposed to be, yeah, it's a period romance. We realize that, but they're, they've said over and over again, they're not trying to be historically accurate in everything. That's not. And so, so a lot of the, a lot of the things you'd hear is, well, if she was a school teacher, she'd have to marry Nathan. She couldn't marry Lucas. And it's like, okay. If she were a school teacher, she probably would not have been a widow with a son still teaching school. She probably, probably what would have happened is she would have gone home to, yeah. her, to her parents. That, that would have been the normal thing. She probably wouldn't have stayed on the frontier. More than likely, if you just look at it specifically, so to cite the whole historical thing which is what i hear so much i mean i mean oh she shouldn't have been doing this she shouldn't be, well this is not meant to be a history book this is a rom-com this is a this is just for this is this is um I, i'll never forget how a there was a a hallmark actor that guest starred um uh daryl shuttleworth as a matter of fact, and he goes way back. He was, he was one of the bad Mounties back up towards early on the seasons. And he said that he saw When Calls the Heart as like a Hallmark card, like what you would, what you'd see with a Hallmark card. It's not meant to be real life. It's meant to be, this is a Hallmark card retelling of the story. So that's, I, I always thought that was kind of a neat way to view it. So yeah, that's my I agree. I have a couple of thoughts. First of all, you're talking about a show that just ignored World War One. So like if they, if they ignore, yeah. if they ignore some like dating yeah. rules of the time, I mean, come on, give me a break. Um, but then also the people put this show as if it's a faith-based show and it's not. 
They have not had a pastor in Hope Valley since what season four? Long time. Yeah. They never have. They don't have characters praying. They don't have. They had a little bit more last year, actually. I mean, it's in season eight. Um, but it's not a faith-based show. And so the idea that like, oh, our Elizabeth is marrying a saloon or, or dating a saloon owner is just so weak. We're talking about this saloon that had has had baby showers, wedding showers. They actually had school in the saloon for what, two seasons? It was a while. Uh, they had school in the saloon. So to pretend that- like- Saloon girls. Like they have no saloon girls. Right. They have no, I mean, they have. <laughs> the saloon is basically the community hall. I mean, it's not, it's not a, uh, a place of ill repute. The worst thing that they ever did at the saloon was, was where they were like a little too loud after 10. I mean, that's about it. And you really pick and choose. We're talking all this smut. You're. <laughs> You can't pick and choose and be like, well, I'm going to be super bothered by this thing that's not accurate, but then I'm not going to care about the fact that they forgot World War One. So, I, I mean, you just go with the show. This is the show. This is the show. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Two points. Uh, but, uh, okay, well, let's move on to some of the other characters. <laughs> there were other characters. Season yes, eight. there are. Um, <laughs> So we have Rosemary starting a newspaper and working with Lee. Uh, did you, I was kind of hoping that she was going to be starting a theater. I thought that would have been a really, because Lee has been promising to build her a theater for, since they first met. So that would have been, I think, really fun. But I do think there's lots of potential for like Rosemary to be snooping all around and getting all the gossip and all the Hope Valley news. <laughs> what do you think, Jax? Yeah. So I 100% agree that I'm so excited to see her stupid around. I love that she's got her own thing. I think that her as a sort of investigative journalist, making it all happen is great. But Rachel, you're singing my song there. I want I want a community theater in Hope Valley. Ruth, I mean, it, right? Like we need that. I just think it's so yes, much yes. opportunity not only see Rosemary shine and give these like tour de force performances that we all need to see, but I think seeing the other characters get to do it too. And maybe one's a musical and one's Shakespeare and what, there's just so much potential there for a Hope Valley players situation that I really want them to do at some point. So fun. Uh, I like if they could do, I'm, I don't know what shows are, are that old in the, but, um, oh gosh, I don't know. Even just like a vaudeville kind of routine yeah. to see would be a blast. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I hope that they still do that eventually. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I agree 100%. And I know, I know Pascal wants that. Because every time I've ever interviewed her about it, we always end up talking about there being a theater, some kind of theater thing. And she wants to do that. She wants to be able to sing more. I mean, we've gotten to hear her sing um, a little bit here and there. But- oh, yeah. The Jack. Baby Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we also had 
last season, we had Carson and Faith. So that was a little bit of a frustrating plot line because, and you mentioned it a little bit, Ruth, that it was just kind of like one minute Faith was go, go, go to John Hopkins, go do your thing. Next minute, how could you leave? What's wrong with you? You know, like she was very wishy-washy. Yeah. <laughs> you agree, yeah. Ruth? Oh yeah. I, I I couldn't quite keep up with that. It yeah. It it just I I mean, in all actuality, I I was I was against them in the very beginning anyway. Then I made peace with it. I'm like, okay, they're, you know, they're good. Sure, it'll be fine. And then about the time, and now to have this on again, off again, and then he's gone. And even when he left, did you not expect him to come back? Like, yes. To, to show, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I was like, don't do that to us. And yeah, yeah. I think everybody did. <laughs> sure. Like, yeah. uh, that would have been very very melodrama and that's what we want out of when calls the heart at least that's what i want i don't like i i guess i feel sometimes and this is true with all of the hallmark shows is sometimes i feel like the, they are so scared to let the characters have any flaws because then they'll be like oh elizabeth is setting a bad example she's making a bad choice she's whatever i'm like yeah like humans we make bad choices sometimes we screw up we're we make you know and and that could be, that could, that's how you, it's one thing in a, in a movie, when you have a two hour movie or 80 minutes as these movies are, you, you work with the archetypes and you tell a story and you don't necessarily need to have tons of character growth, but when you're in your show, you need them to grow and you need them to change. And I, people compare when calls the heart to little house on, on the prairie little house on the prairie was way more risky it took way more chances it had way more melodrama they took they tackled really tough topics of like racism and uh and the one character uh the one girl mary goes blind uh they had some tough stuff that they um they dealt with on that show and so i don't know i that's just my kind of like bring on the melodrama, make it fun, make it campy, make it. Mm. And, uh, and the more that they can do that, the more fun I have with the show personally. Um, so, and then that's probably why Rosemary is my favorite characters because she's the one that brings the melodrama. She, she's fun. She's exciting, unpredictable, flawed, grows, changes, all those good things. <laughs> We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarkie in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. Well, we, we had a little bit of Bill and Molly 
last season. And I've said many times that I think making Bill a judge was a stroke of genius because I didn't really like him that much as, as the Mountie. He was kind of annoying, but as the, as the judge, he's great. <laughs> he's perfect. As the judge. I, I mean, you guys know I'm obsessed with Jack Wagner, but like, I also just think he's so funny as the judge and his relationship that's developing with Molly and all the investigative work he was doing, like yeah. it was just so funny. And to your point, Rachel, quite campy in the best way and he knows how to play camp and melodrama really well that it's a genre rather than I think sometimes people hear camp or melodrama and they associate it with bad acting and I'm just like no it is a style that not everyone can do and some people can do it really well and I think he's one of those people and also Pascal absolutely yeah 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 Definitely. I mean, there were just some great scenes when he's like, that's a nice dress. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Uh, so we also had Gowan and his son uh, as a plot last season. I'm guessing we're probably not going to see him again, the son. Yeah, I, I would be surprised. Maybe a cameo. But, uh, but that was okay plot, I thought. It's all right. Uh, and uh, then he leaves and we definitely get the hint that he's going to find Abigail, but I would be surprised if we see Abigail this season because of the, when, when Lori Laughlin was guesting on When Hope Calls uh, on GAC, um, Hallmark put out a statement, like we're not working with her this is not uh, not associated with us in any way and i think if they had some plans for for her to be in this season they would not have done that yeah i agree yeah yeah so i think people that are hoping for that i mean and, and i don't know if they did that to just maybe they wanted to tease the one hope calls thing or i have no idea why they did that but anyway they did <laughs> Oh, you mean why they felt it necessary to be like, it's not us. It. Well, no, but why they felt it need to tease that, oh, he's going to find Abigail. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't know either. Do Ruth, do you have any idea? I'm very curious. I, about- I, I was, I was, I don't understand that either because I thought, I really thought that maybe Hallmark was letting up and was going to yeah. possibly, I mean, I did have that thought but i don't know i i I just don't know it's it's in some ways it's a shame you can't have abigail in some form come back i mean if you know if they they can't recast her or something like that because it would be it would have been a nice story i don't know yeah i mean i don't understand why they can't just recast her i mean i i I just i don't think there's anything like so unique about Lori laughlin that like she's the only brown-haired white lady that can play abigail i mean i don't think so so i mean that's what i would do but uh i don't know if if they if the producers on when calls the heart were hoping that maybe crown media and it was like the head of like hallmark cards people to put out the statement about that that Lori Laughlin uh, it wasn't even Crown Media, so maybe they were hoping that they'd come around, but uh, I I don't think it's going to happen. 
knowing it's going to happen. I was also also curious if they were making possible space for, because of the ownership of the the characters, that they were making space for Gowan to potentially guest star in season two of When Hope Calls. I was like, maybe that's a thing. But Mm -hmm. you know, I can't, I can't track it either. And I think it's also like, yeah, maybe they were just hoping if they, you know, put these little Easter eggs or whatever in that (laughs) Hallmark or Crown Media would be like, all no, right, no. now that she's out of the slammer. Am I allowed to say yeah. that? Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's, that's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if, they, if they did, uh, if they did bring her back, then Elizabeth would have to have a good conversation about the fact that Abigail hasn't been dreaming about Jack. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. It's true. It's true. I know. I know. You've been having very vivid dreams about um anyway so (laughs) season eight jesse and clara they had a lot of challenges uh in their marriage which i actually in general thought was pretty refreshing because again because i don't see enough kind of dynamic characters sometimes on this show and this was characters that were actually making flaw flawed decisions and i was a little bit confused about why i felt like they were were wanting <clears throat> Jesse to, I mean, they were wanting Clara to sort of apologize to Jesse when it was Jesse who would like when all of their spoiled all of their money, wasted all of their money. Like if anything, I felt like he was the one that needed to be repair the damage to Clara. But I still overall liked the 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 storyline through the through the season on the two of them, and it, and we're not going to see them in season nine, which makes me a little sad. And that makes me sad too. I know. Yeah. I, I think speaking to the apology thing, I don't. I think it goes back to Clara was holding a lot of bitterness and resentment against Jesse, and so it's not so much that she had to go. It, that she needed to apologize to him, but she needed to let go of that. And sometimes, and, and sometimes, well, I can, I can speak, you know, speaking as one who, who was married and, um, and I had to come to a point, even after the divorce where I called my ex and I did apologize, although he really caused the pain and suffering, I was able to say, I'm sorry for my part in it. You know, they were small because it does, if you're treated a certain way, you probably are going to act out in anger. I mean, I know I did. There were things that I said and did that contributed to the end of the marriage. While most of it is on him, I will say that there were some on me. And when you actually can say, I'm sorry for those things, and then you're able to release that anger and bitterness. So I, I think that it may not have always been handled exactly the right way. It's hard to handle that kind of those really complex issues during a TV show, but that's the way I took it. And cause I could kind of understand. So I yeah. don't think that she really had to apologize for all the pain and suffering she'd inflicted, but she didn't, she treated him coldly or said some things that in anger and she was just saying she's sorry for those, but and then hopefully in doing that there can be reconciliation, and then there was. What about you, You're Jax? a very highly evolved human being. Like, good for you for being <laughs> like that. 
<laughs> I'm like, that's my girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So let's keep going. Okay. Um, so then we have, we had Flo and Ned and their wedding, which was the highlight of the season, in my opinion. They were yeah. so cute. I loved them so much. And I was so nervous when all of a sudden he hadn't, he hadn't returned from, um, uh, from whatever city he was just like, they didn't know where he was. I was like, oh no, they are not going to do this to me again, where they marry off characters and then kill them in three episodes. It's like, no, no. And, uh, but it turned out he was just inventing the band-aid. It was great. Yeah, exactly. Actually inventing the band-aid. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> I loved it. I loved their wedding. It was so cute. I can't wait to see what else he invents. Uh... <laughs> well, this is when you were talking earlier about playing a little fast and loose with history. I love things like this, like Ned inventing the band-aid or like when Rosemary talks about how she gave charlie chaplin acting advice like this is all this is what i want more of and when calls the heart yeah. it tickles yeah. me to no end i agree i agree uh if you're gonna play fast and loose with the history you might as well have fun with it yeah exactly go so outlandish that we get we yeah. know yeah. it's fun yeah like i laughed I'm, do you remember i think it was like season five or six when they uh when they had the greatest showman uh, I was coming to, to town. I was like, we need more of that. More really strange product placement in When Calls the Heart. <laughs> that was great. Um, okay, then the last from season eight we're going to talk about is the Canfields. So that was a, a new um, addition and overall pretty positive. I At first, I was a little bit like on team school inspector not on team elizabeth because she doesn't have the skills to be teaching this this girl this blind like it, you have to know how to read braille and you have to know how to like it's a special skill and just because you love someone doesn't mean you have those skills and so i was like yeah he's right <laughs> she's wrong but i have to say i mean you i i think you'd have to be made of stone to not basically let go of all those feelings when they do like the the town gathers and they go for like door to door and they they uh all in support of of i forget her name the little canfield daughter it was very sweet the ending uh and it was nice because it was one of the only long segments with the kids that we got all season so yeah how do you feel jacks about the canfields well, just to say, first of all, that when I was listening to your recaps last year and you said you were team school inspector, I was on the floor laughing the first time I heard you say that. Because <laughs> I thought not only was it a very interesting perspective and made a lot of sense, but I also just thought it was really funny when everyone's talking about their team Nathan and team Lucas we had Rachel saying she was team school inspector so I just want to say that but as far <laughs> as Canfields I really love them as a family unit but also how they're interacting with the rest of the town and when we talked about earlier how there hasn't been a pastor in Hope Valley for a long time I thought one of the most beautiful scenes of the whole season 
was when Joseph, who I just love, Div Leacock, was talking about the bench and marriage and, and the whole balance of like what holds a marriage together and that connection. I just thought it's, it's a beautiful thing if you're coming from a faith-based perspective, but even if you're not, I think that if you're in a relationship and even if you both aren't religious or you believe different things, there does have to be something that's bigger than yourselves holding you together. And that, that could be anything that could just be, um, shared love of things that you do or a family, friends, connection, pets, kids, whatever. But I do think that there's something that is even bigger than yourselves that holds you together. So I thought a lot of that was really beautiful with them last season. Yeah. I liked that a lot too. And I also liked his conversations with Lee about Lee's faith and him struggling. Like I thought that was a, a good moment for Kevin Smith as far as his acting and I, we got to know him. I didn't know that, or I'd forgotten if we had, if we'd heard that about Lee. So that was, was really, really good uh, too. So I guess, yeah, he's the new pastor and they had at the, if I'm recalling right at the end of season eight, those bandits were in their house, the house that they were, had been staying at the Canfields. And so I think now they're, they'll just be staying at like, I don't know if they have like a church house, you know, for the pastor, or I don't know where they're staying, but anyway, um, she's, uh, she's working in the cafe and mm-hmm. he is the pastor now. So that should be interesting. And, and I'm curious to kind of see if the show kind of becomes more, um, more like something that Michael Landon would, would do, would, would produce, you know, that kind of faith-based show um if we get some more of that because we definitely had more in season eight than we'd ever had before um it's since at least season two that's for sure and uh so that will be interesting to watch we'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode and that is the hallmarkies patreon do you love hallmarkies podcast do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies Podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. Let's dive into season nine. <clears throat> so we have one of the big developments, I guess, is we have a new little Jack. Uh, we, we had the twins before, and now we have... Uh, a new Jack and his name is Highland Goodrich. And uh, Ruth, you seen the, the pictures of him? Yes, I have. Oh, so yeah. cute, right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll be good to have, I'm assuming he's more communicative. He's a, a little bit older. I, I forgot to write down his uh, exact age, but I think that should be really cute because 
I think one of the strengths of Erin Krakow, Krakow is that she's really good with little kids. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so we hear in the uh, in one of the previews that I was reading, it says Hope Valley is in a state of growth with the foundry's progress and the evolution of key relationships. The mayoral race has the town buzzing with a few members of the town running against one another. And uh, so that's our little uh, summary as far as episode one. <clears throat> and I, I, I'm looking forward to uh, the male race. I think that's, I, mean, I think it's only going to be that one episode, but I still think it'll be really fun. Who yeah. are you pulling for Jack? Do you want Hickam team Hickam? I mean, I love Hickam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can, he's so, I mean, he's so charming. He's so fun. And I want, I want to see more of Hickam this year i hope we get a little bit more of him yeah and if you want we have hickam for mayor t-shirts in the merch store so y'all should check that out wait i didn't know this rachel obviously yeah we do yeah we do (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right so then we have a new member of the town may sue uh, and uh, that's Amanda Wong and we, I am going to actually interviewing her tomorrow, which I'm very excited about. She seems great. Um, and I, the only thing that I, I wish they weren't doing so much in the publicity, at least is they make it so obvious that she's a love interest for Nathan. I kind of wish that it was like a little yeah. bit more cagey. So like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I'm excited. I think it could be a fun development she seems like a a neat actress uh what do you think ruth yeah um i i I, kind of it kind of surprised me that because i thought that they were just going to move faith and nathan together because that's yeah i did too yeah I, i don't care i mean as far as that goes other other than i hope at some point faith gets faith gets a guy they've taken so many away from faith poor girl she cannot hold on to a guy and it's like oh come on the woman is gorgeous and 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 so talented anyway but but no i have no Mm. problem i I think it's good i i do love that they are becoming so much more diverse in hope valley even and and that's another thing if people about the historical accuracy that wouldn't have been happening like what what we're seeing i don't think would be an integrated town in the way that we're seeing it I don't yeah think I mean, and i happening. i kind of like i like it though yeah, I do too. I, I I kind of like what we're seeing in period piece uh, casting. I mean, I don't know if it was inspired by Hamilton, if that's part of that, what kind of got that going. But you know, we've seen it with Bridgerton on Netflix. You know that that has a blind casting. Um, and I don't know. I I if you're going to throw history to the wind, why not? Exactly. Let's just do it. I know. I, mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. I'm all for it, and I'm. I'm excited. I'm always happy when they add new cast members and, and she just seems like, I don't know anything about her, but just from everything I've seen other than I'm with you, it would have been nice to 
in some ways just to like blindly have her show up and know nothing about her i would have preferred yeah. that yeah. That's just me. they're making it so obvious that she's the love interest for nathan i mean, I mean yeah. good glory she's on the poster with them <laughs> yeah. and i'm all for her being on the poster it was yeah. just like, they are standing together like they are fully a couple and i almost want it to be yeah, a little bit more of a cat and mouse and for her to be so established as a character that we're just really enthralled with her, not as necessarily Nathan's love interest, which I think is great that that's where it's headed. That's awesome. But that we're just so invested in her journey independently, which I hope we'll get to see because everything I've read about Amanda Wong is a human. She just seems, I mean, she's so accomplished and yeah. Oh, interesting and I, I didn't realize you're interviewing your Rachel that's going to be awesome we are going to have a ton of one calls the heart content we have an air in Aaron Craco interview and Andrew books uh already in the books I so expect those coming and more coming uh so it's really a fun time to be a hearty on the podcast uh, so we have some interesting things that we see in the little previews they put up like 25 previews little clips and stuff and uh, a while back in um first of all we see a whole they're having like a congratulations party for elizabeth some kind of and i'm like what is that maybe her book uh, i think it's the i think yeah. it's the book yeah yeah because uh, then you also see in one of the clips you see lucas with a ring so they are officially courting we know that and mm. you know courting is dating for marriage so i it'll be interesting to see how long they, if that's like the cliffhanger maybe or a mid-season finale or something like that i could see them doing that i hope they don't stretch it out like they did with jack that made me crazy yeah well you know you was hope so long that, yeah because that was that was too well what is it? You have to have a wedding every season. Isn't that like a Hope Valley rule? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I feel like- so, so I, I, so, so let's, let's make sure that Elizabeth, maybe at the end, at least would be nice. I mean, I think it'd be kind of cool, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I mean, I know they want a clip that, well, they could still have a wedding and have a cliffhanger. I mean, my goodness, they're still, they could do all sorts of things, but well, speaking of controversies, what do we think about Nathan and his very suspect mustache? Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. Not even just the mustache. He has like a goatee. I'm like, what is this, I, 1997? Like, what is that? I don't know. My mom saw it and said, what is that? <laughs> and, yeah. and then I have other friends who, okay, I can say this because because of, of the podcast where I am. So I have other friends that say that call it his porn porn mustache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I've been hearing, and I'm like, <laughs> it's bad. Like I'm yeah, I'm well, I'm in general like ambivalent as far as beard versus yeah. no beard, which we have like so many in our group chat. We have tons of conversations about beard versus no beard and people have very strong feelings about it. Except for me, I'm just like, he feels right. like to do it's okay. You know? But, um, but, but this mustache is where I draw the line. I'm, I'm yeah. going to chime in with the very unpopular opinion that I know most people are not going to relate to. 
It does remind me of Tom Selleck and like Magnum PI, which for me pushes a button, a button that I like to have pushed. And okay. I'll leave that. But <laughs> I, I I can see your point. And you know, I maybe I need to look at it differently when I see it and say, okay. Tom Selleck is on a very short list of men who can pull off the, the mustache and, oh, and make it hot. Do you agree that Tom Selleck can pull it off now? Oh, I do. I absolutely agree. Yeah. yeah. But I, I just don't know if we need Magnum PI in Hope Valley. I just don't know if that'll work. It's too much. It's too much. Um, anyway, so we also have Gowan saying in one of the clips that I can't outrun my, quite outrun my past. So, I mean, he was getting up to the point before the Lori, before the Abigail scandal, where he was practically 100% redeemed by the show. And uh, they were, it was so obvious they were building it to have them be together. Mm-hmm. But now we're kind of, you know, inching back a little bit Yeah, for, for Gallon. I, I kind of, I was worried about in last season just because, he, I thought, are they doing like a, where he's going to get sick or something? He seemed kind of frail in certain scenes, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like he was getting woozy and tired and all that. And, um, and Carson was concerned about him. So I was like, oh, are they going to have him like die or something? Yeah. I think a lot of people are concerned. Yeah. I'm, maybe, maybe, maybe Gallon, I mean, maybe, um, Martin doesn't like doing shows because <laughs> I think he isn't he on, um, Riverdale. Still in Riverdale. I'm sorry. I'm behind. I'm so behind in that show. Uh, so I've never watched know. it. I just, I just heard. But <clears throat> we also get in the. I think it's in the pilot, not pilot. In the first episode of the season, we have the big hot air balloon in Hope Valley. So, would you go in a hot air balloon, Jax? No, Rachel. <laughs> I'm not going on. A, I'm. I'm. I, I get. I'm. I, I get. I'm. To. I can't even answer that question without feeling actively anxious. It scares the heck out of me. Would you guys do it? I would. I would. I'd love to. I think someone could probably convince me, but I'm not normally scared of heights. It's the lack of stability that makes me more uncomfortable than the, than the heights per se. It feels yeah it doesn't feel i'm afraid of heights but it's but it's not even that part that scares me either it's that yeah i'm like i feel like i wouldn't want to stand in the balloon i'd want to sit because i'm too scared ruth are you like fearless when it comes to that stuff or would you just overcome your fear oh yeah i'm pretty fearless when it comes to that i mean i'd i'd jump out of a plane if i if i had the opportunity i'd i'd go on skydiving and stuff like that I do, I, I do it all. I don't, I don't really get the opportunity to do it, but I was always the one that would go, uh, always, I've uh, got on roller coasters. I, I go and do, I just, I just don't. Well, if you ever come visit me, that we right by, literally right by my house, they, uh, they have the, one of the most popular places in the world to go hang gliding. So <laughs> I have never done it, needless to say. But, um, but anyway, uh, we have, uh, we, we got some teasing in some of these scenes that 
Bill is going to teach Nathan how to drive. And I'm all for that. And he did say, would you consider giving up that mustache? (laughs) Yeah. Which was hilarious. (laughs) I feel like Bill and Nathan, that's a good dynamic. Yeah. More more of that. Um, And then we have the Canfields in one of the clips. Uh, It's kind of a bring the boy to work day sort of thing. Um, So I think that's going to be cute, that family. And, uh, and they also said, if you love, love, if you love, love, this is the season to watch. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I think that we got everything. The, uh, the first, uh, first episode is titled in like a lion. And the second is out like a limb is what it says. So <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, we also have uh of course rosemary uh lee's running for mayor rosemary's reporting on the race and so i think that dynamic could be pretty fun but you know everybody in hope valley has to have like three jobs so it's, well, yeah, of course. so it's time that uh that lee gets another job because he he doesn't have enough to do running the mill um uh, yeah but uh rosemary had like four at one point <laughs> Yeah, why not? Multi hyphenate. Yeah. 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 So Jax, if you were gonna say your excitement level for uh for this upcoming season of When Calls the Heart, one to four, what would you say? One to four. One to four. Um, I would say, and this is both for the show and then for all of like the hearty excitement surrounding it. And if I'm being honest. Uh, I don't mind a little bit of like fun drama, which I think will also be happening. So I'm going to say my excitement about the season itself and all the surrounding circumstances is pretty high. It's like a 3.75. Yeah, that's a good amount. Uh, What about you, Ruth? Three. I mean, not that I'm not excited. Yes, I'm excited. Um, But... I think that once it comes and it's actually there and I'm watching it, I have a feeling my excitement level will rise higher right now. I know it's just around the corner, but it just seems like it still is so long away, so far away. I know that sounds crazy. I mean, you're thinking it's not, it's just, it's just there. It's just next month and this month's almost done, but sometimes, um, Sometimes I just kind of get lost with everything else that I'm doing and, and, and I don't get, and I don't get to live tweet as much mainly by choice because it's it's part of my job now. It's like, I, I understand now why actors do not always want to live tweet because it's very draining because your part of your job is you're tweeting or you're on social media and it's like, now you have to go do it while you're watching a show. And so I really do get it. I never got it before, but I understand. So sometimes I don't live tweet. Sometimes no I more enjoy- Twitter jail for Ruth, huh? <laughs> I have, I can't remember the last time I was in Twitter jail, honestly. Actually, then I got to a point, I was trying to get into Twitter jail. I mean, I was going like crazy. <laughs> it used to be like a daily incarceration. I mean, it's- <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's true. It's true. Yeah. And now even when I live tweet like that and I really go crazy, 
I think Twitter's changed some things because it's actually not as easy to get in, to get in Twitter jail. <laughs> but maybe with the Hardys all tweeting, it might be easier. So a part of it has to do with the amount of people that are on Twitter in any given time. And mm-hmm. so, so I think that that's part of it too, because because I've I've read about I've done a lot of research about Twitter jail since I spent a lot of time there. I I, I did some research about it. Yeah, well, I agree with Jax. I'd probably give it a three point seven five as far as my excitement. I think uh, it's going to be a fun. Uh, season. <laughs> Thanks so much, Jax, for coming on and doing this. Hopefully we'll get to see you on some of these recaps throughout the season and hear what you're thinking of the, of the uh, show. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Oh, and uh, Jacqueline C. Tweets on Twitter and Jacqueline Collier on Instagram. Great. And Ruth, where can people find you? Oh my goodness. Well, that's of course recently changed now that I have a podcast. But um, Media from the Heart, I did a podcast. You can find that on all the podcast providers. I still do have my website, um, mydevotionalthoughts.net. And I'm still Ruth Hill 74 on all the social media platforms. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. And also make sure you're following the podcast, All Murky's Pod, and Hallmarkies podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate it. And if you're watching on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our Patreon group, which is a lot of fun, and our merch store, which has tons of Hardy's inspired merch at the merch store. So please take a look at that. Help us out. We would really appreciate it. So there we go. We'll look forward to season nine. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.